the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're going to be telling you the secrets, the secrets behind confirmed bachelors. What really makes a confirmed bachelor tick? I I know you want to know that, whether you're a man or a woman, <laughs> you want to know. And we're going to be hearing it right from the confirmed bachelor's mouth, or so he was. We'll get more into that. But let's find out, Is there what's wrong with confirmed bachelors anyway? Do they have sexual identity problems? Are they players or commitment phobes? Are they afraid of having children, getting divorced, sharing their money? Is there any hope? of getting them to the altar. Well, today's guest, Carl Weissman, who is the author of the new book, So Why Have You Never Been Married?, will share his story and the story of the bachelors who he studied. So this is going to be an exciting show because uh, this isn't something that, uh, that bachelors generally share, for that matter. So welcome to the show, Carl. Thank you, Carol. And from the title of the book, um, I get the impression that that came from, since, oh, let me say, Carl is 49, a con- well, he was a confirmed bachelor, we will get into that, um, still unwed, <laughs> um, and I, from the title, I get the impression that that is what people have been asking you for many years of your life. Exactly. In fact, excuse me, one of the reasons I wrote the book is because, uh, yes, Two reasons. One, I hated getting that question. And two, I didn't really have a good answer for it. Believe it or not, when I started to write this book at 47, I didn't really have a good insight into why I had never been married. And I thought there must be something wrong with me. And I figured, Don't be so sure. That <laughs> I figured if I could just talk to enough other quote-unquote confirmed bachelors and ask them, then certainly I was bound to hear my answer from mm. at least one of them. And, you know, something that would resonate with me. And that's what I did. I went about, you know, going, going out and doing this book and, and trying to get answers to that question from all these bachelors. Hmm. And come to find out, I didn't hear my answer from just one of them. I heard my answer, or at least part of it, from all of them. They all said something that resonated hmm. inside of me. And I guess what that means is, and that's probably true for women that have never been married, too, is there's not always one simple reason why somebody makes it to 40 without having been married. Well, okay, let's, let's, um, you know, this is Dr. Carol's couch, right? And so I usually start by putting my guests on the couch. And this obviously fits, fits that very well. What, um, let's just, just give us a little, uh, a little story, a Reader's Digest version of your life up to this point. I mean, in terms of, um, where you were born and what you were doing and you have all kinds of degrees. Um, he has a Bachelor of Science from Penn State, a Master's in Science from the, from the University of Southern California, and a Master's in Business Administration from Loyola Marymount University. I know one answer you could have given is you're too busy going to school, but that, that sort of begs the question. So tell us a little bit about 
where you were born and something about your parents and and you, and your child. It's always you know it has to. I'll tell you, <laughs> this has to do with your mother. <laughs> well, funny you say that because my parents had a fabulous wet up marriage. Now it wasn't perfect; they fought, but I'll bet you they fought less than most. Uh, had a great, great father, a great mother. They weren't very uh, you know passionate about it. Toward each, toward each other. They didn't, they didn't hold hands and kiss and hug and tell each other they loved each other, but I knew they were really good parents, and they were great role models for wanting to get married, which makes me not wanting to get married all the more strange. Well, except that, you know, you, you just said that they weren't passion, passionate with each other, and certainly um, I think that that's an important part of a marriage. I don't disagree with you, but in the relationships I've had, I've gotten all these other things out of it besides passion, like companionship and, and sex and enlightenment. I mean, I'm most happy. I, I can be happy in a, in, a, in a relationship where there's not a ton of passion, but there's a ton of friendship and a ton of compatibility. So in my relationships, that didn't really play a role. And so it was really was more curious to me why, in my opinion, I had really good role model for parents that, you know, had a good marriage, were good parents, loved kids, and how come I wasn't that way? And so that was part of the reason I kind of did this book, is I wanted to know why I was so different from my parents and their values. You know, they valued you know, marriage and family and all that, and I didn't really value it that much. And so that's one of the reasons I wrote the book. I wanted to kind of discover what other men's thoughts on that were. Okay. And so how old were you when you started dating? Probably in college, twenty nineteen. And did you? And when was your first serious relationship? Well, my first serious love relationship probably wasn't until I was twenty five. I would say, what it, by the by the strict definition of the word, I was probably very immature. I was physically immature. I was emotionally immature. I probably wasn't mentally immature, but I was I was reasonably immature for my age up into my mid to late twenties. Okay. And you could blame that on I was very shy. You could blame it on that I was just a late bloomer. I was a mama's boy. You can, you know, put whatever label on that you want. But I I was a late bloomer. And so I felt like, geez, marriage, I was as close to getting married at 25 as I was to, you know, becoming president of the United States. I, I wasn't even in the realm of possibility back right. then. I was still just trying to discover myself as a grown-up adult, you know, in my mid-20s. And so how long did that relationship last? First one only lasted about a year. Okay, and and who ended it? She did. She was probably on the marriage track, and like I said, I wasn't even in wasn't even in my universe. So she, she ended back. it because um, because that's where she wanted it to lead, and you weren't ready. Right. She went back to an ex boyfriend who uh-huh. didn't marry her, by the way. She, what, who? I'm sorry. She went back to an ex boyfriend who did not marry her, by the way. Uh huh. So were you heartbroken? That one broke my heart, yes. That was the first one I really kind of opened up uh, in a love sense to. And that, that set me back a while. I, I became very, very cautious with women after that. Well, um, have you found in, I know we're sort of jumping ahead, but I would imagine that, I don't know whether a lot of men that you studied would admit it or whether that was part of your questionnaire, but um, in my experience as a psychiatrist, uh, both for men and women, a lot of times the first serious relationship or an early serious relationship, or it could be at any time really, um, when, a, when one suffers a heartbreak, it makes you close off. And did that come out? Or did, did people admit 
the bachelors admit that this was part of why they didn't get married? Well, one of the questions in the survey, and as you know, I did a survey, an online survey of 1,533 never married heterosexual men over 40. So it was a pretty good sample. And one of the questions I asked them was, what, what impact did your past relationships have on your never being married? And I think is somewhere around 24% said, yes, it had some impact. And about three-quarters said, no, really had no impact. Okay, but you know that, I mean, this is a hard thing for people to admit. A lot of times people don't want to believe that, that their past um, relationships would have had an impact, you know? Uh, it's probably true, and it certainly did. It, it, it impact, I guess it slowed me down or impeded my progress because the first heartbreak, you know, it takes you, you kind of back off and say, look, I don't want to go through that pain again. Right. Let's be more cautious. So I would say it, it, that caused me to put up walls in subsequent relationships, at least for, you know, for a little bit of time after that. And so then when was your next serious relationship? Uh, probably a year later. <laughs> well, he didn't put up the walls for too long. <laughs> well, no, I, I didn't have a problem getting into a relationship. I, got, I had a hard time getting past a certain point. Uh-huh. But that one, you know what, that was just a, a complete incompatibility. And that's where I discovered this whole idea of compatibility. Very attracted to her, not very compatible. It took about a year to realize that. And mm-hmm. At the end, we sort of parted as friends because we just weren't really meant for each other. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then what about the next one? The next one took several years, and unfortunately, because it took so long, I actually uh, made the same mistake again, which was getting in with somebody who I was attracted to but not very compatible with, and that's when I discovered what I need to do is identify incompatibilities much, much quicker. When you're attracted to somebody and you have that new love, it just feels so good. You don't want to kind of step outside of that and go, you know what, there's all these incompatibilities here. Right. But once you start getting into your mid-30s, start to develop this little bit of emotional detachment from it and go, yes, this feels good, I'm really attracted, but, whoa, I've been down this road before, there's an incompatibility here, maybe we need to deal with it sooner rather than later. And that was sort of the lesson I extracted from that relationship. Mm -hmm. And so when was the next one, serious relationship? And that was almost immediately after that, and that one was the longest one until uh, the woman I'm with now. That lasted six years. So that was from, what, your mid-30s to... That was late 30s to mid-40s, something okay. like that. Okay, yeah. And that's where, I, I didn't know it at the time. I actually discovered it writing this book, but that's where I came up with something I call the 80% dilemma. And in my opinion, the 80% dilemma is the number one cause of why long-term relationships don't end in marriage. Okay, and what's it, that? That is because you find somebody and they have 80% of what you want. Mm-hmm. And what happens is, there's too much there to walk away from it because it's really, really good and it's really, really close, but there's one thing missing. There's something missing, and it's whatever that is, it keeps you from going forward in the relationship, and so you get stuck. It's a great relationship that could kind of go on like this forever, but I can't go all the way because this one thing is missing, and that's what happened in that relationship. And what was missing? Just for compatibility, a tiny bit of compatibility in a couple of areas that mm-hmm. uh, were too big for me to overcome. And so at the end of six, how did that end? We actually ended up going to counseling for a while, and then by the time we went through four or five sessions, we realized that, you know, it's probably best that we kind of go our separate ways. And after a few years, it's obviously been a few years now, we're actually very good friends. Mm -hmm. And I think we'll remain friends forever. It just, she was 
80% of what I was looking for. That's very interesting. I mean, and that's, that's, that was a good way to, um, to end it and to find out more about yourselves so that um, to help for future relationships. Exactly. You know, what's interesting is that, um, well, why don't you tell the story about your current relationship? Right. In fact, my current relationship is the first one after the one that I've been in for six years. And the lesson extracted was this whole idea of 80%. And I was really focused on compatibility. Okay. As much as, I mean, obviously you have to be attracted to somebody or you can't get past the second date. But I was really, really, not only was I focused on compatibility, uh-huh. I, I knew which areas were most important. So that's the lesson I extracted. Well, we're going to have to leave this as a cliffhanger. <laughs> so stay tuned, folks, to find out how Carl Weissman, the author of the new book, So Why Have You Never Been Married, um, tells us about an interesting phenomenon that happened right after he wrote this book. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, and we're talking today about what really makes a confirmed bachelor tick. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. What do guys talk about when the women aren't around? Believe it or not, it's about love and relationships. Join Matt Boggs and Jason Miller for the Bachelor Pad Radio Show. It's secrets from the man cave. Explore what Matt and Jason found out when they embarked on a journey to discover the secrets behind America's greatest marriages. You'll hear about their successes and failures in relationships and love. It's funny, vulnerable, and eye-opening. It's the Bachelor Pad Radio Show. Check it out every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on Voice America. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. 
a.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, putting my guest, Carl Weissman, on the couch. He's the author of the new book, So Why Have You Never Been Married? He's 49 years old, um, still a bachelor. We're talking about what really makes a confirmed bachelor tick. And (laughs) interestingly enough, after Carl wrote this book, and it just came out, um, he... (laughs) has an interesting story about how he met a woman, and I'll, I'll let him tell it to you, but, you know, Carl, it's kind of like um, when a couple can't get pregnant and then they adopt a child, and then, you know, with the pressure off, they then get pregnant. So, um, <laughs> you know, tell us about how you met this woman and, and right after you finished the book. Okay. Well, let me start by telling you why I think I met her. Okay. Okay. Um, First of all, the amazing thing about this book is before I wrote it, not only had I never been married, I'd never lived with a woman. And I, like you said, five weeks after finishing this book, uh, I moved in with the woman I'm living with, and we're talking about getting married. And people ask me, geez, that, that's crazy. How did that happen? And I said, the best analogy I can give is I likened it to uh, being Ebenezer Scrooge and being visited by the ghost of Christmas. <laughs> you, you remember that, that story, right? When I was writing this book, I was interviewing men that in some cases were 10 or 15 years older than me. And I asked them, you know, why have you never been married? And I heard all their answers, and they seemed very, very logical. And I thought, geez, you know what? If I keep my thinking the way it is right now, mm. that'll be me. That's me and Tim. Mm. Now, I've I got to be honest. I wasn't freaked out by that. You know, if God came down and said, you can never be married. You've got to make it through life as a single man. I'd be okay with that. I, I'm not freaked out by it. But it also crystallized in my mind that if I didn't make changes, things were never going to change. And at 47 or 48, when I wrote this book... I wanted things to change. And so uh, this book was like holding a mirror up to myself and saying, look, all this logic you've been using as to why you haven't let women in your life or why you're incompatible, uh, you need to take a look at that again. And I did. And I opened up my mind to consider other possibilities. And not too long after that, I met the girl I'm with now. And where did you meet her? How did you meet her? Well, I, true to my word, I, I don't do online dating. I engage in activities I love to do, figuring I'll find somebody I'll be compatible with, and I love to do wine tasting. I go to hmm. a lot of wine tasting events, and sure enough, I met her at a wine tasting event. Huh. And you're sure she's not an alcoholic? <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> um, well, that's, and what did she have to say about your, was she ever married? She was married once. And, of course, her parents warned the, her against dating me because they don't think I'll ever commit. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm bound to prove them wrong, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> now, that's interesting. It's <laughs> almost a, um, a challenge, oh, you know. Oh, absolutely a challenge. <laughs> 
Well, okay, but now do um, one of the things that I recommend is uh, that 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 people not rush into, even if they've been a bachelor for forty eight years, um, not to rush into these things because you really need what a man or a woman um, need to know the person that they are considering marrying for at least a year because really it takes that long to find out all the little details that, um, especially after a few drinks of wine, <laughs> that you could kind of miss. So that's my suggestion to you. But let's let's talk about, <laughs> enough about you. Actually, we're going to go back to you, but I'll sneak up on you. <laughs> um, let's talk about, now you say, and this is just fascinating figures, that in 1980, 6% of men ages 40 to 44 were never married, and today the number has jumped to 17%. And I'm sure it's, um, you know, it probably with higher ages, uh, well, I mean, I don't know, there's probably even higher uh, discrepancies in different ages. I don't know necessarily higher ages. but So it shows that men are um, increasingly delaying or avoiding marriage. So let's talk about some of the things that you found as far as the reasons why. Well, I think one of the main reasons is that well, there's two things. One, there's the social stigma, the social pressure to get married is not as much as it was anymore. And in fact, the question maybe isn't why are so many men delaying or avoiding marriage today. Maybe the question is why did so few delay or avoid it, you know, 100 years ago? And I think the answer you, reluct- you know, ultimately come to is there was so much social pressure and so much stigma against not getting married years ago that everybody did it, whether they were gay or whether they weren't in love or attracted to the person. It was almost like we weren't given this option. And so a lot of people that maybe really had no desire to get married in the past did because of all this social pressure. And now because the social pressure and the stigma is abating and it's kind of going away, people, this is really the first generation of people that feel like, geez, I've got an option. If I don't want to get married or I don't want to get married yet, I can choose to do that. And it's not just men. Women now have the economic choice to say, you know what, I don't want to get married or I don't want to get married yet. Uh, I know there's about 6 million men over the age of 40 that have never been married, but there's also 5.5 million women. We're both, in this, we're both kind of doing this together. I would have thought there were more women. Well, that's the interesting thing. There's more women, but there's less never married women, which means women, that's what I women, meant. women are marrying multiple never married men in their lives, which my girlfriend's a classic case of it. She's mar- she married a never married man and is on the verge of marrying potentially another never married man. Hmm. So but I mean, I thought there were more women who were never married. No, more, more, more men by numbers or percentage. So whatever, whatever the cause is, or whatever, it, it affects men slightly more than women. Well, I mean, I guess, hmm, I guess that that it would that probably um, includes gay men. And I, I, I assume it includes, you know, gay women also. Well, yes, but, um, well, I guess we <laughs> we won't go down the road of statistics because I'm not sure of that. But it just seems like, you know, I mean, remember all the things about um, that a woman over forty has more of a chance of getting uh, attacked by a terrorist. Of course, nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty high probability, but more a chance of getting attacked by a terrorist than getting married. Remember that? I sure do. I, I, may be, that may be true. I, I don't know those statistics. <laughs> well, let's. You know, one of the things that you found. So, well, let's go through some of the the um, from the highest reasons to you know the main reasons that that these respondents um, gave. 
What, the the men. Why they haven't gotten married? Yes, the, the bachelors. The bachelors. Well, you know what, let's talk about the fears they have. Because yes. there's actually influences, there's fears, there's beliefs, there's a whole lot of different ways you can kind of slice yes. it. Let's talk about some of the fears. Uh, one of them, I'll go from lowest to highest. One of them is trust. You know, guys have trust issues. Uh, one of their fears is their partner changing. You know, I, this mm-hmm. is a person I love, but as soon as I get married, uh, they're going to be somebody else. And they're going to be not want sex. And they're going to get that, right? Exactly. <laughs> and you know, there's some anecdotal evidence that happens in some cases. Uh, they're concerned about growing apart. Uh, one of the surprising ones I found was the financial consequences. You know, once a guy hits 40, 45, many times they have some equity in their life. They have a pension. They've got a house. And they're afraid of the damage that a bad marriage could do to that equity. So there, there's a fear there. Uh, another interesting one, by, and this is the guys are really honest, they said, geez, I'm afraid of my own infidelity. Mm-hmm. I asked the men, uh, do you think you could be satisfied with one sexual partner for the rest of your life? 60% said yes, which means 40% either mm-hmm. said no or they're unsure. So even at the age of 40, mm-hmm. almost half the guys go, I'm not sure I, one woman's enough for me for the rest of my life. That's so I appreciate their honesty there. Uh, the, the second most... Uh, popular fear, if you want to call it that, is divorce. They're really afraid of divorce. In fact, men are ten times more afraid of divorce than they are of never marrying at all. And ultimately, the the number one fear is the fear of making the wrong choice, picking the wrong woman, Hmm. being stuck in a relationship with somebody they're incompatible with. And I guess the, the one thing that permeates all these conversations and everything comes back to again and again is, I have to pick the right woman. Hmm. That's very interesting. Um, you know, well, okay, I mean, let's, why don't we, um, why don't we, what about the beliefs? You also talk about beliefs that cause men to delay marriage. I guess that goes along with the fears. Right, exactly, and there's a little bit of overlap here, but uh, for some of the men, they thought they were too young or not ready when they had their right one. Gee, this is the woman for me, just not yet, and a lot of times they got the ultimatum, but... Some of them thought they just weren't ready yet. In a lot of cases, they thought they weren't ready, not just emotionally, but financially. Men mm. still want look at themselves as providers and breadwinners, and they want to be strong, not emotionally so much, but financially. They want to be able to take care of women. And when their career is not where they think it should be, and their finances isn't where they think it should be, they believe that they can't get married yet. Mm. And that has been one of the surprising findings I had. Uh, some of the beliefs, marriage is just not important or not a priority. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But they're off living life in some other direction. Uh, some of them are convinced that they're, they're just overwhelmed by marriage. They're convinced they'll, they'll fail. Why even bother? Uh, they, believe they, have, they believe they have to pick the perfect person. You know, and if they don't pick the perfect one, it's going to fail. Uh, age difference sometimes. They're a little worried that the age difference is too great. And... Finally, obviously, they're financially, you know, they're not where they, they should be. So. You know, um, it's interesting that uh, that um, that men, of course, it's men over forty that you were that you were um, surveying. But it's interesting that that they still hold the sort of um, uh, some would say antiquated, but it's it's really the gentlemanly um, or traditional. Uh, idea that when uh, a man, when people get married, that the man should still be the one to take care of the wife. I mean, I would imagine that the younger um, that you, 
the younger the men would be who you would survey, um, they would think less of them would think that. I agree with you. I mean, of course, those aren't the confirmed bachelors either. And it's also interesting about divorce. We can talk. I think the fact that parents, um, with each generation, more and more parents are divorced is having an incredible influence on all of this. We'll talk more about that when we come back. My guest is Carl Weissman. His new book is The Why Have You Never Been Married? And uh, I hope you're learning things about uh, perhaps yourself and perhaps um, about if you're going out with a confirmed bachelor or, uh, or if you are one, um, today's show is for you. So you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Stay tuned. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Everything you want, everything you want to do, and everything you want to have is right at your fingertips. People think that accomplishing your goals has to be difficult. Guess what? It doesn't. All you need are the right tools and a map. And that is what author, professional speaker, and now talk radio host Charmin Lane is offering you. Join Charmin Wednesday afternoons at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel for success made simple. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer, and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with Easy to understand tools and tips. With his weekly guests, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to today's show. This is Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. 
We're talking today about what really makes a confirmed bachelor tick. My guest is Carl Weissman. He's the author of the new book, So Why Have You Never Been Married? And we've been talking about why he has never been married and all the uh, 1,533 respondents that he surveyed. Um, Carl, you wanted to um, correct something from before. Right. You, we had talked about you know, what impact past relationships have had on these men. And while 24% uh, had a great deal of impact, actually 70% had some effect. So 70% of the men said that their past relationships had had at least some effect on why they've never married. So it was actually a stronger predictor of uh, behavior than I had originally pointed out. Yes, okay, yes, that, that, that sounds um, more accurate. I mean, it's comforting to know that that many people at least admitted it. <laughs> Now, um, we were talking before about uh, traditional men who believe in traditional relationships and also in, about the impact of um, men who have had divorced parents. So tell us about that. Well, what's interesting, because the men are over 40, and you'd mentioned that they're, they're kind of more traditional, they see the more traditional roles, they also have a more traditional view of marriage in that they really do want the one lifelong marriage. They don't want to be divorced. And some regards, these men could almost be seen as, as being courageous, as being heroes, not commitment-phobic, but being, doing the courageous thing in that, you know what, maybe they're not ready to get married, or maybe they haven't found the right one, and they've had the courage to say, you know what, I'm not going to get married till I'm ready. In a strange way, they actually honor and preserve the sanctity of lifelong marriage by not doing something they're not ready to do yet, because they really only want to do it once. Yes, that is a, putting a positive spin on it. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I actually, to be honest, um, I, I think that, well, well, wait, before, before I'm honest, why don't you tell us the, um, the top uh, reasons that men gave for commitment, uh, well, yeah, there we go, I betrayed, belied myself, um, uh, the, the top reasons that these um, confirmed bachelors gave for why they were never married? Well, I'll just go you know, right to number one, which is they haven't found the right one. Now, let me tell you something about that. Yes? I think that it's entirely possible that when a guy says that, what he really means is, I don't want to get married. Okay? Uh, so in some respects, I think it's an excuse. The interesting thing is most of the men are very honest about it. They go, yeah, you know what, I'm just too picky. And I thought about it, and I said, you know, maybe you're not too picky. Maybe what you're really saying is you don't want to be married, and this is kind of your crutch, your way of kind of easing into it. So my observation is, you know, if the good news is if that's true, and what they really mean is I don't want to be married, then at least they're exactly where they're supposed to be. They're, they're unmarried. Now, to add to that, they really need to find a way to be honest with themselves if for no other reason, then they can be honest with the women they're with, okay? If you really don't want to get married, then you can lie to yourself all day long, but you should be honest with the women you're right. with, okay? So I think it's entirely possible that when a man says he's holding out for the perfect woman, he doesn't always mean that. And I think, you know, it, it could be like you could look at it like as the men are lying, but I don't think so. I think there's something very unique that's happening in this generation, which is there's, there's two forces on men today, okay? especially men that may not want to get married. One force is this inner voice that says, you know what, I really don't want to get married or I'm just not ready, and that's kind of pulling them in one direction. In the other direction is this big societal monolith 
that has indoctrinated us from the day we're born that there's only one way to live life, that's married, and get married in your 20s, and have 2.4 kids and a white picket fence, and they're being pulled in these two directions. Oh, okay, yes. And I think for some of these men, they just haven't really had the courage yet to come around and admit to themselves, you know what, I don't want to be married. Okay, but when someone, I mean, I think that really the natural state... um, I mean, after all, we wouldn't we wouldn't have a human race. I mean, not that you couldn't have children out of wedlock, and of course that's happening more and more. But I mean, I, I think marriage is, and yes, one could argue about whether it's uh, one marriage for life or a series of marriages and so on. But life does become. I mean, there have been studies that show that people are happier on the whole if they share their life with someone, and um, and that's usually in the context of marriage, and. And I think um, that that really these excuses. I mean, I'm not saying necessarily that the bachelors are are outright lying to to someone else or on your survey or whatever, but they may well be lying to themselves. I mean, they may think they're telling the truth when they say they um, haven't found the right person. But it's kind of like Jerry Seinfeld, you know, the show that how he could never find the right person, and he only would find these little things that were wrong with them. And in my book, Bad Boys, Why We Love Them, How to Live With Them, and When to Leave Them, I, I do talk about it. I, um, one of the 12 types of bad boys is the commitment phobe. And this is a guy who, um, you know, has these kinds of excuses for why um, why he... Uh, hasn't found the right girl or, you know, finds flaws, little flaws or sometimes big flaws, but flaws nonetheless in the women that he dates so that he can then say, well, no, she wasn't marriageable material or not for me or whatever. And what's interesting, and I told you I was going to sneak up on you, (laughs) what's interesting, I use um, uh, fairy tales for for each of the... uh, um, to illustrate each of the, the 12 types of bad boys. And I use for the commitment phobe the story of the princess and the pea. And in that story, he was very um, close to his mother. His mother sort of was the one who was helping him to judge who would be the princess, you know, the one who didn't find, or the one who was able to detect the pea um, in her mattress, under the stack of mattresses, that would be the princess. And it was the, the mother who, um, who had some say in this. And really, um, to some extent, these are men who are mama's boys. They have an attachment to their mother. In a sense, it's like they feel betra- that they're going to betray their mother if they pick a woman to be their wife. And the mother isn't happy about it either, really, which is why she puts up this, uh, this test, you know, this almost impossible test that, that nobody really can pass until one, one lone princess eventually uh, detects the pee. And the, but the key to why men become uh, commitment phobes is even though they say it's, they find flaws in the women that they date, you know, there's, they haven't found the right one, it really is about being afraid of letting a woman close enough to them because they're afraid that the woman, if she gets closer, will find the flaws in them. tell you from experience that there were a couple of the men I spoke to in so why have you never been married that flat out admitted I'm a mama's boy uh, my mother has passed judgment on women and have caused me to back out of relationships 
that's absolutely happened, but I can't tell you that was a majority of the men that I spoke to. Well, of course, not so many men are as brave as you in admitting it. <laughs> let me, me ask you said something interesting about you know, marriage being the natural state, and it's really served us well. The one thing that tied all these men together without exception is every single one of them wants to find somebody to be with as they get older. Nobody wants yes. to be alone. And what's probably the most fascinating thing of all is at the time of the, in, uh, the, time of the survey, 77% were not in a relationship, mm. which means whatever it is that's keeping them unmarried is also keeping them out of just being in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and don't you think that this comes down to a fear of intimacy? You know what? I, made, I wrote an entire book without trying to pass judgments over all men. So I'm going to defer that answer. <laughs> well, yes, and I, and I know you, you talk about how um, there were lots of very different and interesting stories. Why don't you tell us about somebody else's besides your own, although yours was very interesting. <laughs> I have two really good stories for you. The first one, and we'll call him James, not his real name, was 40 years old, uh, living in Atlanta. I asked him why he never got married. He basically said, because I could get sex whenever I want. Mm. This guy was the quintessential playboy player, okay? And he admitted it. Now, in all fairness, you know, he was 40 years old, and he said that was really in my 20s and mid-30s, and it was kind of getting old. But he was the he had no problem getting women. P.S., two years later, he's married. He's been married mm. for a year. And I had a chance to do a follow-up interview with him. And I said, what is it? How did that happen? He goes, well, I found my right one. I said, how do you know? She goes, he goes, because she taught me how bad all my other relationships were. Hmm. So here's a playboy, commitment-phobic bachelor that doesn't believe in marriage, no plans to get married, can get any woman he wants, and he gets married because he found the right one. So uh, that's why I don't believe in sweeping generalization. The other story I want to share with you, his name is Dennis, not his real name. He's in his 60s now. He saw his parents' marriage, and by all accounts, it was an ordinary marriage with ordinary bickering and fighting. And he decided at the age of 14, if this is what an ordinary, normal, loving marriage looks like, I want no part of it. So at the age of 14, he declared to himself and any woman that would listen, he's not getting married ever, and he's been true to that. He Mm. never even lied to a woman about it. However, Mm. he has been in the same loving, monogamous relationship with a woman for 40 years, never married, they don't live together. They spend five nights a week together, two nights a week apart. Huh. And he said to me, you know what, Carl? I'm as happy today with her as the day I met her. And I thought, how many married people can say that? This man, he may be the exception, he found the perfect relationship for him and her. And it would be hard for anybody to say, you know what? He should have been married because he picked, he picked the right thing for him. Okay. And I, and I guess that, this, that they, don't have, they don't have children together? That's true. Um. I mean, he, he found the, the right amount of intimacy for him. It's the five nights on and two nights off, you know. And, and it's not, I guess, you know, it's, it's not so much that you have to have the piece of paper, although that becomes more important when there are children. But, um, but it, it's, they have made a commitment, even though they haven't actually taken the formal step of, of getting married. And that, that freedom, that, that, um, not say it's just like the five days on and two days. It's that that escape clause um, allows him to get close enough, allowed him to get close enough to a woman to be able to be in a relationship for this long of a period of time. And I think your diagnosis is absolutely 100% correct. It worked for him. 
Well, now we need to take another break. These breaks are coming around so quickly because this is all so interesting. <laughs> um, my guest today is Carl Weissman. His book, again, is So Why Have You Never Been Married? We're talking about what really makes a confirmed bachelor tick. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer, and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with Easy to understand tools and tips. With his weekly guests, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking today about what really makes a confirmed bachelor tick. My guest is Carl Weissman. His book is So Why Have You Never Been Married? And we'll tell you uh, about his website and how to get the book before the end of the show. But, um, you know, we were talking before uh, the break about a man, um, one of the men that Carl interviewed who um, told women all along that he didn't want to, be, didn't want to get married. And um, for some women, a lot of women, that is like throwing down the gauntlet. It's the challenge. Um, granted, some women, as women get older, and their their biological clock is ticking, that you know they may not be up for that challenge. But um, there's a challenge nonetheless. Of well, I'll I'll show him. You know, I'll be I'm going to be so um, alluring that and irresistible that he's I'm going to be the one to break that vow of his. You know, to to um, to make him change his mind and decide that he will marry me. Um, 
so so I, I think that, that there, there's kind of a sexiness in that. Um, the other thing is when I was talking about commitment phobes, men who are commitment phobes, the kinds of women who are attracted to commitment phobes, and, and again, this kind of relates to that, are women who um, also have a fear of intimacy. And it, a lot of women will say, I want to get married. I can never find a, a man who, who's willing to make a commitment. But actually, if she looks in her heart of hearts, there's a part of her that really is afraid of making that commitment. And if she dates men who don't want to make the commitment, then she's safe. So why don't you call, tell us about, for men who do um, want to, really want to get the man to make the commitment, what do women need to know if they're dating a, a committed bachelor, a confirmed bachelor? Good answer. And just so you know, I've actually been asked that so many times. I, I put together a very small workbook that your, lead, that your readers can get for free by going to my website. Uh, and we'll talk about that later. But it, this workbook's called Where Is This Headed? And it's basically just a series of questions that men and women can use to find out what their partner's mm-hmm. intentions are. These are the same types of questions I used on the men to kind of get them to open up. So I felt like it was my duty to give tools out there, questions that they could use. But for a woman, you have to remember there's about 8 to 10% of the men, at least that admitted, they have no desire to ever get married. So point number one is, if you want to get married, you need to discover if your man is in that 10% that has no desire to get married. Mm. Okay, so that's step number one. Step number two, if he, if he honestly truly does want to get married, then your step two is you've got to discover if you're his right one. And more importantly, you, the thing that's the most scary is you've got to find out if you're suffering from that 80% dilemma. And I came up with a whole series of questions you can, you can use to kind of uncover that answer in a sort of roundabout way where it's not as, you know, kind of offensive and scary. So the two points are, one, is he the marrying kind or not? And two, am I his right one? Those are the two bullet points you need to be hmm. able to find ways to address if you're a dating a never-married man. And the third thing, kind of off-the-cuff advice I would give is, if you are dating a never-married man, you'd better learn to be patient because getting it right is really important to them. I speak from experience. If a woman had put pressure on me, no matter how compatible we were, I I wouldn't put up with it. I want to get it right. I'm not in a hurry, and I really want to get to know them. So if you're dating a never-married man and you're really in a hurry to have a baby or get married, you could run into some trouble. So those are the three bullet points I would share with you. Yes, you mentioned before about the ultimatum and um, how scary that is to men, particularly um, men who are over 40 and haven't gotten married. I mean, but what that, that is always a dilemma for women, that on the one hand they know that uh, giving men an ultimatum is a no-no and can scare them off, but on the other hand, um, some women don't want to put in uh, year after year after year and sort of be in this um, this gray zone where she never really knows what's going to be happening. Right, and that's why I put the workbook together because the workbook substitutes statements, ultimatums, for questions. You can't go about it as in, geez, you know what, you better marry me or I'm out of here. You go about it by asking questions. Are you the marrying kind? Am I the right one for you? If I'm not the right one for you, what's missing? So I think my advice to women is, instead of giving an ultimatum, which almost always backfires, you approach it as a detective. Let's, you know, kind of take a step out of the relationship and just start asking questions, curious about, you know, what what drives him? What's he really looking for? What's missing? Uh, Can he live without, can he 
live with me if I'm missing that thing? Oh, he can't. Okay. And you'll get that same information and be able to make an informed decision rather than giving an ultimatum, which typically teaches you nothing and almost always backfires. Yes, and I guess part of the problem is women are afraid to ask those questions because they're afraid they'll get an answer that they don't like, but it's better to get the answer uh, earlier on in the relationship. And that's one of the things we learn in, in our 40s. <laughs> yes. Now, tell people where, about your websites and about um, where they can get the book and so on. Okay, it's called whynevermarried.com. And if you go to the website and sign up for the, uh, the free monthly newsletter, you get to download a PDF, which is called Where Is This Headed? And it's just a series of questions that women can use in place of the ultimatum. And it's how to discover Jesus. Is he the marrying kind? Am I the right one? Is this the 80% dilemma? What's missing? Can he live with that? Can he not live with that? And that's really about making a more informed decision. Now, you're right. The women may not want to know the answers to those questions, but I'm of the opinion that making a more informed decision is really the key to you know, making these relationships work. But when do you think, um, I mean, if a woman asks those questions too early in the relationship, that also, even though it's, not as bad as an ultimatum, that too can scare a man off. Right, and that's why I even offer timing, when, when questions make sense and when they don't make sense ah, for each one of the questions. Excellent. So it's whyneverMarried.com. Yes. And um, tell us about where to get the book. You can actually get it through whyneverMarried.com, but it's at Barnes & Noble and Amazon.com, all the usual outlets. Okay. Well, are you going to... Um, <laughs> Your wedding, if, if indeed you wind up marrying this woman, um, your wedding will be quite an affair. Well, I don't know if you mean that metaphorically. Well, yes, I know. I was thinking that was probably not a good choice of words. <laughs> will be quite a, uh, there'll be a lot of festivities. There'll be a lot of passed out people. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, well, if, if we do get married, it will be a very small thing that, you know, it, I, I don't want to make a big fuss over it. In, in my heart of hearts, I look at me as being married to her already. I'm not looking for any other women. I don't see any other women in my future. I see us going as far as we can possibly go together, hopefully forever. So uh, the only thing a uh, marriage really at this point is going to do is kind of get the state involved and the taxes are going to change. <laughs> in my mind, she's, she's my compatibility hero. She's the one that just, I get to check all the boxes. We're really, really compatible. And i got to tell you, if I had to search for her online yeah. and using all my previous biases, I probably wouldn't have found her. She's 11 years younger than me, which you know, a lot of guys say, hey, that's great. But when I was doing the online thing, I was doing five years older and ten years younger because that's mm. kind of the guidelines. I never would have found her. I might not have picked her out by her picture. I probably would have stayed away from a woman that was divorced. So I had all these built-in prejudices mm. that didn't come into play when I met her in person. And the thing that struck me about her on the first date was all these compatibilities we had, and that's what kind of got my heart racing. Huh. Wow, that's really interesting. Again, um, the website is why, that's W-H-Y, whyneverMarried.com. Check it out. I've been there. There are lots of uh, interesting things. Sign up for the free newsletter, and then you get the, uh, you get the, uh, these win what questions to ask and when to ask them. So, Carl Weissman, thank you very much for joining us. And, again, the book is called So Why Have You Never Been Married? And hope we leave you with these questions that you're asking yourself or your partner. (laughs) You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. Thanks for listening. And I'm your psychiatrist host, 
Dr. Kara Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a 